Like this is halftime, Kev. People watching this, this ain't quarantine. This isn't uh social distancing. This isn't the outbreak. This is halftime, people. What that means is like any professional team, when you got halftime, you got to go in there, regroup, refocus, figure out what your strategy is, and then come out because you got a whole nother half of life that we got to play. We're not over. Get your weekly dose of R&R, hey. What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Righteous and Ratchet. I am Kevin on stage today, sitting in for Doughboy, who's taking care of some stuff with his daughter. We have Billy Sorrells. Welcome to Righteous and Ratchet. What's up? What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling today? Thanks, Kev, for having me on here, man. We've been trying to get Billy on for the longest. We were trying to do it in studio, but you know he's busy. I'm busy, but now we ain't both as busy as we used to do. Billy, the waves are waving today. <laughs> is that your natural hair texture? Hey, bro, this is my natural. Listen, bro, you do that. That's that's me. If I brush it back, it go. It, it does the same thing. Thank you to my granddaddy Jerry Abdul from Trinidad. I appreciate you. Shout out to my mama. What does it feel like to still have a fully functioning hairline in your mid thirties when the Lord? A lot of distrust comes with this. I want to let you know that right now to the people at home that have have any type of feeling about. Not having your hair, there's a lot of distrust uh, because I I still have my hair a lot there. It's, it's not a trustworthy thing. You don't feel like you can trust a guy whose hair is still there. It feels like there's some deception there. That feels like you could be taken advantage of. Are you sure? It's a lot of sketchiness that comes with still having hair. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of ambiguity about you know where you are in your walk with God. You know, when they think you know most men ain't came to God when they still got a hairline. So it's a lot of questions about. You know where my sanctity is, and I just want to let you know that that's a bias that's going on in the church. You hold it against us brothers who still have our hairline there. You know, you just feel like you know this brother's in the world. Oh, he in the world. He still get lined up. <laughs> Dude, that you go bald and he got the beard. You know, he he can he been in the church. He you know, it's a level of quarantine. But you in the streets, who's lying? I realized I was looking at an old picture of myself, and it was gone on the sides before it was even gone. It was it was. It was light on the on the corners. I'd go ahead and go ahead and let it all go. You don't have no signs of nothing. Yeah, it's you know I cut my own hair now. I, I've been I've been doing that too. Really? I, 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 that barbershop won't see me again because they was tearing my floor. My line ain't even supposed to be way back here. This is just where this mole is right here. That's where my line is supposed to be at. But through years of disobedience through barbers, barbers are some disobedient creatures, bro. You tell them, man. Yeah, don't too far. No, that's not how they're wearing it no more. I don't give a damn how they're wearing it. How I'm wearing it. This, this my head. Don't tell me where my hairline need to be at. This is this is residual hair. Uh, Barbers gonna have to be held accountable for the millions of hairlines that they have pushed back. They have not had a, a tone for their sin. They, they should pay. A, they should pay something like you know, a, get some binders insurance, a gap insurance for pushing people back. Like, hey man, this is damage. I'm filing. I'm filing on. <laughs> The thing is, like, they want so so badly for the line to be crispy, but bro, you you making it impossible for me. That stuff don't come back. That hair is like, bro, you don't want me no more. Do you know it's why fine. they do that, Kevin? 
Why? What barbers do is they take you back past your natural line because they know your natural line is going to grow normal. But when you go beyond your natural line, the, th the thought process is that it's going to grow back faster, make you feel like you need a haircut more more sooner than you need to and make you want to come back. If they stay with your natural line, you're not going to feel like you need a haircut. But when they take you back like a million inch past that, bruh. So hold on, Billy, because this is this is very this is very clever thinking. What you're telling me is the barber is pushing you back so he has a repeat customer, and all the barbers have conspired against us to continue yeah. to push us back. And it's easier to line up hair once it's past the natural line. The natural line is harder to line up because it's not exactly perfect because it's a natural line. It's it's you know God gave you enough straightness of what makes sense congruently to your face. But what, what we decide to do is as creatures to decide, all right, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to go a little bit past it so it shows more. The edge up shows more when you go in past your natural. Yeah. This is good. This is that, good. You, know, you ever notice how light your skin is? They try to mimic that. If you ever watch a barber, sometimes nowadays the newer barbers, they'll get these white makeup pencils and they'll go around the edge and you'll mm -hmm. look white. Well, they're, what they're mimicking is going past your natural line and the difference in your hair that's under your skin that's under hair that's lighter. Right. It's not getting as much sun. It's not getting as much UV that's penetrating your skin or your dermis. So now that 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 hair and that skin and them follicles look lighter. Thus for your haircut looks fresher. <laughs> this man said thus for and for whatever reason it made sense. So if y'all don't know, if you haven't watched a lot of All Dev, you might not know Billy Sorrell. Now, let me just let me just tell y'all about Billy before I let Billy tell him about himself. Billy Sorrell is one of the funniest comedians working right now, period, point blank, and has been for many years. When I was coming up in stand-up comedy, this man, Billy Sorrell, had a set that was destroying comedy rooms across the nation. I've seen Billy Sorrell, this is gonna sound like old black man. I've seen Billy Sorrell down Jacksonville about, about, uh, about 2010, uh, 18. Billy Sorrell had a second show on a Friday night. I had an early show, went down, saw Billy Sorrell from Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and he was killing in Jacksonville. I said, let this boy Billy Sorrell can kill it all over the place. And <laughs> Billy Sorrell is one of the main reasons the playmakers even exist. Fun fact, Billy Sorrells was the first black creator that I saw do stuff girls say like video. I was always already familiar with Billy, but that video hit 9 million. When y'all, y'all got to understand what 9 million views was like in the year our Lord and Savior 2012, 2013. Billy Sorrells dropped that video as peaches and didn't have a segment that was missed. The playmakers dropped that same month never reached Billy Sorrell's numbers, but that's where the playmakers came from uh, from Billy Sorrell's. The Billy Sorrell said, man, I said, if Billy could do this, I don't know if I even told you this, Billy. Did I tell you this, Billy Sorrell? No, this is news to me, Kevin. This news to me? So I saw Billy post that video because it was white people before that. It was white people this, white people that, white people this. Billy did it for blacks, delete, delete, delete. And I was like, oh, snap. And then I asked my wife, Jay asked his wife to play the girls. They said no. And I was like, man, Billy did it. I'm going to do it. And that video went viral. Stuff black parents say went viral. And that was the video that made me realize that we could do it. Because I had been watching other YouTubers, Tim DeLaghetto uh, or Tim Chaturangsu, 
Now, all them spoken reasons, but Billy was somebody else. Like, it's, it's different when it's somebody that you know. Like, I'm not, I seen Billy. I seen Billy do it. <laughs> I know, I seen him. If he can do it, I, I, yeah, I know he can do it. was already spoken reasons. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was already way out in the stratosphere, but Billy was like, okay, I can do it. So, Billy, what made you do that video? Um, so the truth behind that video is here's some, some black history facts. So I was going, uh, I was, this was like, I was back and forth between LA. I had just got an apartment out there. And so I was still going back to Houston cause I had just had my first kids. And so I was back and forth ping ponging between LA and New York, LA and, uh, Houston. Um, my manager at the time was living in Washington, DC and he worked at Howard. Kevin Reed. I think I don't think you met Kevin uh some years ago. I can't recall. This is he he passed away in 2020 into 2012, top of 2013. Um so I was going to the School of Communications uh brunch for Howard alumni. So Howard alumni have a School of Communications brunch like a mixer like for Howard alumni and they they break up school to C school to B and then they, they then they started breaking down like women in communication but just black alumni for Howard University so I was like my manager was trying to tell me I needed to go get my masters from Howard and I was like eh, I ain't going back to school bro you, you know you can have it what's the what is it the, the networking and getting to know people I already got Fred at the school I'm not finna go back to college and I'm I'm just I haven't used my first degree and it just doesn't make any sense so I ended up getting cool with some students that were at Howard. One of them became uh, was a young lady by the name of Lena Waith. Lena and I were cool for maybe about three years, like on the phone talking all the time, you know, and she was like, Billy, she called me. She was like, Billy, I'm going to start sending you stuff to make and create. I want you to make the content because I don't have a crew and I don't have anybody that could do it. But I'm going to just write stuff that I pin up because she was working at Nickelodeon at the time. And so she was like, I can't get out my ideas. And she was just really frustrated because, of course, she had all these ideas of stuff that she wanted to do that she couldn't get out. So she was like, Billy, you got a platform you building. I'm going to send you ideas. You make the videos. Cool. So she sends me an idea. Um, we talk about it. It was a parody on Cat Facts. I mean, uh, Cat I Facts. So I, I did that. Then she was like, yo, that was dope. It was shot, shot dope. My boy EK shot it then. She was like, you know, keep doing, you know, your narratives with stuff about black men and black male culture. I, I like that. Keep doing this stuff. So I kept doing that. And then she came with me one day. She called me. She says, um, get up. I need you to wake up. Now, she's in L.A. I'm in uh, um, it, I'm in Houston at the time. She wakes me up at like seven and uh, at nine in the morning. She's like, get up. I need you to shoot a video today and send it and put it up today. I'm like, what is it? She sends me the video. She says, I want you to do a black version of this. What would it be like? She's like, she just saw me. I was out at the J spot. She came to see me perform out there. And she was like, yo, your female character is crazy. Where do you get this character from? And I told her, I was like, it's a combination of my, my girl, my sisters, and my baby mamas. All of them rolled into one. That's what I make the character out to be. So she was like, I need you to do that character as an actual alliteration of things that black women go through use this video as a guideline so i got up i shot the video and i was hesitant about it because i'm like i'm putting on a dress i'm putting on a wig but i it was it was just all type of odd stuff we went to the park to go shoot this there's scenes that are outside there's this dude with his son and he's like yo man i'm just let you know i appreciate what you're doing in the community my son gotta see y'all out here with this stuff man 
you need to get your life right with God. I say, hey, bro, you don't know what I'm on. I'm a comedian. You don't care what you is. That's being lesbian. You tripping, man. And so I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm frustrated because I'm like, dog, you, first of all, you don't know me. I'm a father too. And so it's like the looks I got going to shoot this video in these various places. So then I'm shooting outside, shooting this one scene on this strip of black businesses in, in, in Houston. And this black woman comes out and she's like, you know, I just want you to know I'm going to pray for you, young man, because that demon, that demon of homosexuality is on you. And I'm going to tell you, my son is just like you. He's he's fine as he can be. But love men. And you don't got to love men. Let me tell you something. The only man you need to love is Jesus. The rest you need to love is a woman. I'm like, lady. I am a comedian. And so there's so much turmoil because the world is so non-accepting. We're still in the in the closet where our homophobia, people are still in their minds about this false consciousness that they have. We still got a black president low-key. So it's like all these things are still happening. It's like Barack in office, how you think that make him feel? I'm like, bruh, what are you talking about? So I shoot the video, we edit the video. And one day, I sent it to her for a look at about 11 p.m. And she was like, it's cool. Post it. I post the video at like 11.55, right before midnight. I go to sleep. I wake up at 9.30. I got 48 missed calls. Oh, snap. I, I'm looking at messages. Hey, we have your video. Um, can you give us a call? This is World News Tonight. I'm like, what? Hey, this is New York Times. We reposted your video. Can you give us? Now, I got my phone number and my email in the comments and in the tag in the video, in the meta tagging. I got messages from people I ain't talked to in years. And they're looking on my Facebook is blown up. My YouTube is blown up. I'm at like, I'm just looking at your traffic. He's like, that number is not even loading anymore. He's like, it's going to hit 3 million by the end of the day. No problem. And so... The video, the main uh, stuff girls say video is shooting up. My video is shooting up. And I'm yep. the first real parody of the video that's getting any type of, like, traction. There's, like, one other parody. And it's, like, stuff gay guys say, gay guys say, which just got real obscure and weird. So I wasn't the first parody. I was the, I was the second. But my parody is what other people base their parody of the video on. And yep. it spawned 500 other parodies, if not more, to this day. And just a whole jump cut commentary, narrative, ideology with comedy that just was a, its own genre, black and white alike. So uh, Lena saw the video. She was like, you got to make part two. She sent me some notes of what we should put in part two. So I'm like, I got to put this dress on again. And so I... <laughs> Hold that thought, Billy, because I know you sold a lot of merch because of that video. And I know what helped us sell merch right now is ShipStation. As folks adapt to this changing world, we are all going to be buying more stuff online more than ever. What's if the website called? ShipStation.com. Billy, I'm glad you asked. If you're I'm, an e-commerce e creator. Yeah, I'm going to text it to you. ShipStation.com. If you're an e-commerce e seller and you're ready to meet the demands of new delivery culture, be ready with ShipStation. ShipStation helps the online sellers of any size get orders out quickly save money on shop on shipping costs and keep customers happy no matter what you're selling amazon etsy your own website shipstation brings all your orders into one simple interface making them really easy to manage from any device even your cell phone so right now if you're watching on patreon you see we just got the stage crew mask in black one of the reasons i'm able to ship these out so quickly is because i'm using shipstation i have 
you know, um, my website, Melissa's website. We have different things on different websites and they all come into one, you know, one funnel on ShipStation and we can get the merch out a lot more smoothly because we're all competing with Amazon, Amazon speed. And one of the things that makes it easy to ship is to have it all in one place. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon fulfillment. So you can compare and compare, you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. And right now, Rises and Ratchet listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days. We use the offer code RNR. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RNR. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the code RNR. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Okay, Billy, the second video. So the second video was happening, and here's the interesting time is what's going on in my life. I'm I'm dating my wife. My wife isn't my wife. Uh, I am in love with my wife, and I'm like, this is the woman I'm going to be with. I just had my first kid and my second kid, and so my mother, the mothers of my children are like, you know, very supportive to what my career choice is about me going and doing what I got to do on the road, and I'm madly in love with my wife, so she sees me that night with my dress on and thinks I'm cute, so... Me and my wife hook up that night. And so I tell people all the time, I was like, listen, I might have had a dress on, but I was with a bad woman every night that I had that dress on. And I did things to verify my masculinity each and every time I had that dress on. Um, so um, my wife was like, I think it's cute. I think it's dangerous. I think it's all this. So now my confidence high. So I'm back on the street again, walking to go shoot another video. Dude's talking to me, hey, man, hey. Hey, man, you destroying the black culture. I said, oh, so I guess you selling crack in the neighborhood is helping uplift the community. That's right. Me with this dress on and these pumps for getting these views. I'm feeding my family too, bro. You know, I'm virtual hustling. You know, the game done changed. It's on the internet now. And so the comedy the comedy club started reaching out. So um, here's the thing that's different between then and now. I think there was a and I, this is where I will use toxic masculinity, even though I don't believe in the word. Um, this is where I believe toxic masculinity was in place because there were a lot of comedians who were intimidated by the fact that I could do a female impersonation as well as be able to um, as well as be able to um, do characters and as strong as I was on stage. I had been doing comedy for 12 years at the time. So it's like there was a jealousy. It was weird. Oh, yeah. You so, were to the like internet thing, and the, the easiest thing to do is you know, old head comedy is that's that internet stuff, but you were a beast on stage before that, and so that was the problem. They couldn't really say that I was just an internet thing because I was dope on stage. So the problem just was like, uh, you cheating, and Chappelle wouldn't, and you know, Cat Williams wouldn't, and these dudes wouldn't. And I'm like, but Eddie Murphy and Jamie Foxx would. So yeah. what are we, Marlon Wayans would, like, it was just a narrative that was like, that was so much putting me in a box with my creativity. It wasn't like that was the only character I could do or the only thing that I could do to be funny, yeah. but so much energy negatively was on it. And then as the video became more popular, and then it just was a downtrodden, very messed up mood hollywood wasn't receptive to viral stars at all because they didn't understand it and one they didn't know how to monetize it like they do now yeah it was more like oh you're on youtube well this isn't youtube the number one thing that they were trying it was almost like a pledging process like 
you know, I would get opportunities. And the first thing they were going to do is see, well, how funny are you? And throw me in weird situations. And then when I'm dope, it's like, oh, yeah. But the the, the gamut of the way society was, even people like, man, when the video got on World Star, it was like, I had had videos on World Star. And if you don't know what World Star is like having a video up there, World Star is like peeling back a layer of your skin and letting a million people poke you as hard as they can under your skin, right above your heart. Because they're saying things about you. And uh, some people during that time, the trolls, was, they would go on your Facebook page and uh, take pictures of your family. And they would crucify your relatives in this digital platform. Terrible. It was it was horrible. And it was like, I would read the comments. Like, I was one of them guys. I was sick. I would read the comment. And once I ingested all that, I got what 50 Cent was on when he was like, yo, I need you to hate so I can use you for your energy. And then yeah. that's what fueled me. He's like, oh, yeah, I bet he ain't funny on stage. Bruh, right after that, boom, I get on stage, smash. Um, You know, Nate won't say this. Nate had never really seen me. He had just heard about me and he had came to my room, but he didn't see me because I was hosted. Uh-huh. And he came to my room in Houston one day and left. So I, I know when Nate first sent me to uh to, to come up there to Tacoma, a lot of it was based on I don't think he can handle this room. So when we got in that room beast at that time. <laughs> it was a, bro, it was packed every this is where I came up. It was 300 people in there. And the back third of them would never be paying attention to anything that the comics were saying ever. So I remember you, sitting back there with you, dog, and we were just sitting there. And I'm like, "Yeah, you good? Yeah, man, I'm trying to go over what I'm gonna do tonight." And I'm just, I'm sitting there like, he's like, "You seem real calm to be about to go on stage." I'm like, "Bro, you know what? I think that was at the time I was heavy on listening to Inception. I would listen to the Inception film score in my mind just to relax." Uh, <laughs> problems out there in this day. I used to judge a comedian how good they were by if they could get the whole room at Nate's room to pay attention. If you could get everyone, because the back half, because Nate's room would be a club after that. So the back half were the You you got a club. You got the Seahawks there. It was, it's, I mean, people was just meeting up there. Like comedy just happened to happen as well. So the first two thirds was like comedy fans. They hear it hit the show. The back half is like, man, this is the place where the half before the club is. So it was nearly impossible for I've seen big name comics walk off stage and be like, man, forget it. Y'all don't want to hear nothing. I'm not gonna be here all night. You know what I'm saying? Billy had a monster set every time. Chris Spencer also had one of the funniest sets I've ever seen in my life. But Billy used to be a beast. I didn't really know he was dealing with that much flat because well, I personally was like, this dude, Billy is he do what I want to do. This is like the blueprint. Do it on the I internet. Do, I joked about it on your birthday, Rose. It was like, you know, it, it's funny. You know, I, I'm just proud to see your growth and your progress and how you stuck stuck with it, man. And uh, we've all had to go through a process. And I, honestly, I, I don't change it for the world because your walk is your walk and people forget that from time to time and they get discouraged. They get so focused on looking at what somebody else's walk is that they forget that they're on their own journey themselves. And Yo. Just thinking about that yesterday, Billy, my wife used to run uh, track. She she ran everything, 100, 200, 300 hurdles. Sometimes she ran the 400. Her sister ran the 400. And this one thing her coach used to say in the 400 especially was run your race, right? Melissa's younger sister used to run the 400. And what he meant by that is a lot of times in the 400, people would come out the gate running fast, boom, 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 boom. 
And right. if your your strength is your you know your kick from the last two hundred to the end of the thing or the last one fifty, if you try to keep up with this person running their race the way they are, then you're not going to be able to run your race. So right. my sister, right? She was small, unassuming, and she would just be boom. Like her thing was like, I'm gonna just keep this pace till I get to my <laughs> right. And a lot of times these people would come out the gate fast. First two hundred, they out way ahead, right? And they they you know, sputter out, right? And Monique, Monique, her name Monique. She would catch them about 250, right? And then even the people who are good, right? Around that 250, she turn it on. She boom, boom. She picking up. And she ran all these races. But it wasn't that she was fast because she was fast. But it was about the fact that she had to focus and run her race. That means sometimes watching people sprint out ahead of you and look like they're going to they're gonna win, right? But you got to stay focused with your thing. And then you run your race. Now, if you run your race, it doesn't matter what everybody else does Melissa used to win all these doggone races, bro? She would never even be. I don't know how you can win as much as she used to and not be arrogant. She would never talk no trash, never do nothing. She would never even be sad when she lost. Like I you would, know why? You know why? Because she. I think. I think a big part of people who are like that, and I. I think I've started to learn how to embody that too. Is is to understand that none of what you achieve means anything to anybody else but you. None of what you lose means anything to anybody else but you. And that's not to be self-centered or narcissistic. It's more about maintaining a level of, of consist consistency with who you are for yourself so you don't lose track of that. There's a lot of people who lose track of who they are based off of their success or their failures. You mm -hmm. look at people who have failures and they're like, well, I now have to embody characteristics of somebody or somebody do be somebody else because i don't have things going my way versus hey whether you win or whether you lose you got to maintain what who you were raised to be that's where you whose you are and <laughs> whose you are is important that's yeah. a word billy oh yeah is that is that a word oh yeah i think especially in this industry man you see people behind you like behind you with followers of success and they pass you up. You know what I mean? Like they they zoom past you. And it's a long game. I've known Billy for shoot, what, seven, eight years now. It's a there's a lot of people who are way ahead of me that are, are not anymore or way behind me who have passed me. Like people who weren't even on social media or have got TV shows, like, and you have to kind of remain focused. That same thing happens in life, not just in our business. You know, you have friends in high school and in college, and they have, you know, whatever it is, I feel like sometimes we just never can be happy. It's like, man, you know, if you have gotta, stuff, you ain't got gotta, gotta keep them blinders on, man. Them race blinders on them. You know, horses got blinders on for a reason. They don't need you to, they, they don't need them to look in the other lane. They just need to see what's ahead. And that's the hardest thing to see sometimes. Me and my wife, we struggle. I tell her all the time, it's like, look, babe, you know, we have what we have. We're working toward what we're working toward and we're doing it on our pace. And that's all that matters. I like, I've gone through some of the toughest, darkest times of my life. And I've made so many mistakes and I've been so lost. But then I've also had to realize that I've also been, I never was really lost. I just chose to not remember what I was taught already. Mm. My, 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 me losing my dad was probably the hardest thing. And I went through a dark phase. Like there was a, all right, it happened, shop, dark. Then it was like, I don't really know who or what I'm going towards. I just kind of got the things that I know I care about around. Subsequently, was my family, my comedy. And then even with, there were moments where I was like, everything was lost in my mind and in, in its place. 
I had to think back about well, what what kind of how was I brought up? You know, my dad would my dad would joke. My my father was a coach. He would tell me all the time. He would say, "Billy, you know, when you think about having kids, it's just like when you watch NASCAR." He said, "You know, I watch NASCAR because everybody gives credit to the driver." But it's not the driver. It's the guy who put the car together. It's the guy that put the driver in the car. He's like, listen, I'm I'm on your team. You go out there and you running, you're driving with my name on. Mm. And as you grow in life with success, there are going to be other brands that are going to stick to you. But you still got the responsibility of making sure that your car gets to the finish line when it's supposed to. You could have NASCAR. You could you could have Pennzoil. You could have uh uh uh. AutoZone, Home Depot, Walmart, what metal logos you got on your car, you also got to remember who gave you that authority to even drive. God gave you that credit. God gave you that skill set. So no matter what you get on the outside of your car, remember who fastened you in and put you in the driver's seat to begin with. And like when when that really hit me, I was like, I got to get back in the car. I got to start really go back and really running my waist and really focusing. Like this is halftime, Kev. People watching this, this ain't quarantine. This isn't uh, social distancing. This isn't the outbreak. This is halftime, people. What that means is, like any professional team, when you got halftime, you got to go in there, regroup, refocus, figure out what your strategy is, and then come out because you got a whole nother half of life that we got to play. We're not over. We got halftime, bro. It's halftime. That's an extended timeout. That's a great analogy because the best coaches and the people who have the best success in life are the ones who make great halftime adjustments. And some of the people who have an easier time in life are the ones who have great credit. Do you want to erase your credit card bills? A credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream can help you mark them paid in full. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience. And that's exactly what they deliver. Quickly roll balances from multiple credit cards into one single monthly loan payment, get a low fixed interest rate and free up more money in your monthly budget. Say goodbye to credit card bills and take even more control of your money. Me and Melissa did this exact thing. Y'all, we had a credit card consolidation loan uh, a couple years ago. We took all these balances from all these credit cards and we put them in one place and took our time and took that low interest rate and paid that off over time. And we've been debt free ever since. So I can attest that this absolutely works. When we go to buy stuff, they check my credit and they come back and they kiss my feet and they bring me hot tea and they say, man, you should have told us we had this credit. I was like, no, nah, I want to let you find it on your own. Livestream's credit card consolidation loans have raised from just 5.95% APR with auto pay and there are absolutely no fee. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Just for my listeners, apply now to get an additional interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is go to livestream.com slash R&R. That's livestream.com slash R&R. For an additional discount, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash R&R, subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit livestream.com slash R&R for more information. And I also want to tell you about Fiverr. Where do you go when you need to find on-demand talent? How much will it cost? How can you obtain? How can you be certain? to obtain an amazing service they'll deliver. Finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Fiverr's platform helps keep businesses moving with a network of trusted freelance talent. When I needed my animated Kev on Stage logo, I didn't know any um, graphic designers who did motion graphics. I have a graphic designer who does flyers, but he wasn't as proficient in motion graphics. So I went to Fiverr.com. I found a freelancer. They had a resume. They had, um, you know, like 
the videos of their work. We talked about price. We talked about delivery. We talked about the notes process. When I tell you they delivered on time for a great price, and I've been going back to them getting amazing things, and you should too. <coughs> if you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr is here to help you evolve, help you adapt and grow. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Find out what you're looking for instantly. Search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. You know exactly what you're paying for up front, no negotiating, needing, and you got 24-7 customer service. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code RNR. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code RR. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code RR. So, Billy, you talked about your dad a lot. and I'm going to applaud you for these ads. Let me say something. So you, Pat, to here. Let me tell you, y'all got the good ads, okay? Let me tell you what ads we got over on the Did You Miss Me podcast. We got ads that say, yeah, man, say something about it. Here goes money. Just, yeah, just say, you know, put the logo up there somewhere, man. It's cool. So whenever the live reads happen, I'll be really invested in the conversation. I'm like, yeah, and then what happened with the credit? Oh, it's a commercial. I'm going to hook you up with my guy, Billy. It's my goal to get all my people the real ads I'm a, after this, I'm gonna email. Matter of fact, I'm gonna email him right now. Is the email I emailed you the uh thing good? Yeah. All right. It should just put. I'm gonna, I'm gonna email him right now. I ain't even gonna wait. Um, as for did you miss me podcast, bro? So I'm as you doing that. So the first time it happened was over there on uh, damn it, and you scared. So I'm I'm talking to, to here and Pat. And then all of a sudden they start talking on this script. I'm like, I'm I'm looking. People are like, oh, he hating. I'm like, nah, I don't know what's going on. They just start read. They they they're reading the script. So I'm like, yes. And you know what I did? I needed a Bluetooth headset. That's why I got Raycon. I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, oh this ad. Oh, this. Oh, okay, it's a commercial. I'm, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you something. They ain't tell me. Like you told me, if this was gonna happen. I know what's gonna happen. Oh, I know you slicked that one in there. You're getting good. You're getting good how you dropped that in there. Brother, me, Melissa, Doughboy, we have this unspoken competition for who can uh, make their ad transitions the smoothest. And low-key, Melissa's probably the best. Doughboy, I'm actually probably third of, of the group. I heard Doughboy's pretty nice. He was in the comment. Doughboy company. is good, bro. Doughboy is smooth. He, one time he was doing props. It was a whole thing. So I'm just trying to 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 hold my own because I don't really re read ads as much as um on Righteous Ratchet, but Doughboy is he 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 be cracking me up. Melissa just really smooth with it. Doughboy really funny with it. So I already sent the email, so he's gonna hit you up. He's usually pretty fast. So um, <clears throat> when your dad passed away, I saw you perform stand up that week, literally less than seventy two hours, and you had the most visceral, funny. Me and Doe was there. I don't know if you remember this. This is at the Improv. I will and send you the link for that night so you have got it. it. I got it. Oh, I got the link that night. And I also have what people is what's, what's good is I haven't done this, but this is a great moment to do it. Um, and you finish the story, but yeah, I got the link from that night. No, I was just saying, me and Doughboy walked out of there like this dude Billy is Doughboy freaking raves about your stand up all the time. Yeah, in our class, man, it's Billy Surreal. That's Willie Calvin Surreal Jr. <laughs> But, uh, I, and I really couldn't understand how 
And you were like, basically after you were like, man, this is what we do. This is actually helping me process that thing. Like, how did you even do that? Was like Jordan's flu game. Like you was on another level of raw, real storytelling. And you're a storyteller comedian too, which I, I, I like. I like comedian. Take me in, put me in the passenger seat of their life and then just drive around and tell me. So what was going through your mind performing that? that close to your, your dad passing because you had an amazing relationship with your dad, which isn't as common for black men. Um, so let me take you back to where I'm at. Um, I mean, let me tell you, paint the backdrop of where we were. Um, the year's 2017. I've signed the biggest contract I've signed in my life with Kevin Hart to work um, on his LOL network, which was partnered with Lionsgate. Man, they had all the bells and whistles out about movie opportunities, developing content, which we still got some things on the table. But Kevin Hart, for me to not have the relationship I had with him and to him to pay me the amount of money, which was absurd for me to do stand up, to do my half hour special. It was like all the check boxes of things that were happening in life. I'm telling my dad how, you know, things going to be different financially. I'm going to be able to do this, this and this. Literally, we're talking about a cartoon that I'm working on because I'm sending it to him because he's working with me on a cartoon on how the character should look, how they should feel. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to call you right back. And I sent him an email. I text him like, yo, bro, you taking a long time in the shower. Call me back. He's in Texas. I'm in L.A. No answer. His wife calls me from his phone and she's crying. She's like, hey, your dad's bleeding out his mouth and his nose. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, huh? She's like, I don't know what's going on. He's bleeding out his mouth and his nose. I'm taking him to the hospital. The ambulance is on the way. So I'm stirred up. I don't know what to do. And she calls me later. She tells me. He's had, they don't know what's wrong with him and know what's going on, but he's, he's in a coma. And I, I don't remember much after that telling my wife, I got to get on a plane. I flew to Houston. I got there that night. My wife flew in the next day. Um, and basically my dad had an aneurysm and then it followed with a, followed by another aneurysm and he died. There was nothing they could do. He was in a, he was in a vegetative state. They couldn't do anything. He was on life support. And within 24 hours, he was gone. So I'm like, Shocked. My daddy's been there every day of my life. When my mom and my dad separated, I went and lived with my with my, my dad raised me and my sisters. And my mom was still around, but my dad raised us. So I've been around my dad my whole life. He was my high school principal. He was, you know, him and my grandfather, they were coaches and administrators. My grandfather has passed like a couple years before that. So I don't have any brothers. I don't have any male first cousins like that. It's just me and my sisters and my dad's sisters and my grandmothers. And so I became the patriarch of the family immediately family mm -hmm. flies in so me getting back that that day to do that show it was like i'm gonna cancel the show and i'm like nah we have people coming out execs coming out i'm gonna do the show but i'm gonna talk about what i just saw and that's all i knew i could talk about and that gave birth to hey man hey daddy come on now what you doing no 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 you guys uh-uh uh-uh our daddy's talking in here i love y'all okay the food is in the oven. You smell it, don't you? You smell it? Yeah. You okay. All right. Well, I need y'all to go in the room. Come on now. I don't want to have to get Mr. Pop Pop. Let's, let's not do this right now. Daddy's trying to make it out here. We're just trying to get out. <laughs> Woo! They came at a great time. Go ahead. The execs are out there because I was I was on the ropes and them kids came out here and that allowed me. That was, the, that was saved by the bell. Hey, man. The reality was I, I came to do that show that night and all I could think about was what was going on and what I was dealing with. And in that set, I just talked about 
you know, not texting dead people because I had my dad's phone and so many people was texting my dad's phone and I was getting frustrated. And then it was people that knew he was dead that was texting him. And I'm like, hey, bro, you was at the hospital when he died. Like, what you doing? And so Casey from the job was one of my dad's administrators. And that was the the that was the joke. It was Casey from the job because he kept texting the phone like he kept texting the whole weekend. So we end up developing that joke and that became a centerpiece for that album, Last of My Kind. And then the joke ended up getting picked up by Laugh Tracks and going to TV. And we acted it out that year and shot it, me and my wife and my family. And that became a bit. And so I was, that was top. When you, when you are like on Billboard or something, I will always be able to say, man, I was there. And it's going to be like a, if you ever release the special, it will be the thing that was so crazy about it. Or not the special, but the set is me and Doughboy were like, bro, what is Billy gonna talk about? Like, cause this is recent. If he don't talk about his dad passing away, like I understand, Yo. bro. You didn't waste, you went straight to it. This is the thing. I'm gonna let you talk because I've really been working on it. Billy did this, which a comedian never does. Straight to the mic, grabs the mic. Yo, you know, Billy Sorrell's coming to stage, he's coming to stage. He's like, Yeah, my dad passed away, right. Real quiet. I'm going to let y'all sit in this. And I'm like, okay, this man, there's no way he's going to get that. Like, he done did the cardinal rule. He came up cold. He made it cold, then made it colder, then sat in the coldness, and then was like, all right, let's go. And then proceeded to go ham for 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, this man is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It was weird, Kevin, because I, I adapted to a place where all of the things that fundamentally you want to have to help you for comedy, all that went away. And it all just it just mattered about the connection. Like even right now, somebody watching is going to be like, yo, bro, I thought this dude was going to be funny on here. And it's like, hey, the masterful skill is like, I'm taking you on a plate. I'm taking you somewhere. Yeah. Trust the payoff. Trust the understand that this yep. might be just a setup. For something that is an ongoing punchline later on, or just trust the process of getting to know a story. How many times do you watch Coming to America? A thousand. You love the story. Yeah. The story. It's not the joke. Stories are retold. Our true fans appreciate these episodes more than the funny ones because I feel like these ones allow you to really connect with us as as opposed to like feeling like you always got to be hitting with the joke and joke. It's not funny, bro. It's no. It, it, no matter what I could do on here. Y'all on here every day. People love y'all. I mean, these this is like walking into somebody's house and you, you got to introduce yourself. You don't just walk in there and just be like, hey, so this. You know, it's like, like me. That's why like me. say that on the comments. They, they're not true fans. What I mean, true, like watch every week on the Patreon fans because I know the ones who are on there are the ones who are like, Kev, y'all good, bro. Like, why just... These are ones that are more fun. I want to go back to something because actually uh, you, you said something about the, the wig and the dress in that I want to go back to because you were I, I won't say you were making a career out of wearing the dress, but you were killing it using that. And you never did that as your own thing because you did the grandpa stuff. You played doggone six, seven characters. You and Phil Wade did stuff. You did prank calls, spoken reason. So it was never a crutch for you at all, which uh, a lot of people get uh, accused of. But um, have you done any female characters in a while? No. Did you make a conscious effort to stop? Yeah. When did you stop? Probably like 2014. I shot I shot this series called Classy Ladies. Me and my wife did it. And that was the last time I did that character. 
What uh, made you stop officially? Um, I was my kids were getting older. That was one thing. And then I went to Ferguson. Um, so let me tell you, I, I was in Chicago. Um, and I went and I met with uh Farrakhan. Me and my boy EK, we worked on a documentary series for his documentary of his life. I met with him. He I went to a luncheon that he had there at one of the mosques, and um, he was like, Brother, you a comedian, I've seen your work. You need to go make these people laugh down here. It's a tra- it's a tragedy going on. I go down there, my family is like, Billy, you tripping, you know, because I'm going to a high bed, like right. tripping. So I go there, I stay there for a couple of days and I go participate in the pro the, the protest. And my and when I really when I came back from that, I kind of took back that was like, I can be funny without this character because I think the character was becoming to be so big and what people wanted to see out of this character in their own interactions. It mm-hmm. becomes an upkeep job of like, yo, I'm not a homosexual, so I'm not gonna have this this character that's gonna walk around like. I would get bookings and I would turn them, turn them down. They'd be like, yo, we want peaches to come. Oh, nah, bro. I show up and I'm like, nah, peaches ain't coming. I'm here. Like, <laughs> no, but I thought you was gone. Nah. <laughs> and I, and I, I love Quay to death. Quay is cool. He's from Houston. Blame it on Quay. But bro, I'm not, I'm not a homosexual dog. I don't, that's not my thing. I'm not a cross dresser. That's not my thing. Like right. I do a character. Then it stops. And it's it after the set is done, the jokes is done. That's over. And I, I just started really challenging myself to work on my writing, work on my storytelling ability. And that's what really, I think, made me better. I was already funny, but it was stuff that I needed to work on to, to be funnier to a broader base of people. You talk about your life and you get comfortable being yourself. That For me, it, it helped because that was something that I was trying to get better at. Well, I think that's what makes comedy funny. And you can really like do this forever um, in whatever form. That's why I'm like, I was worried for a minute there. Uh, about stand up and the future of stand up, but I feel like the world can change. We will always adjust. You know, I was talking to a therapist on the lap on the four men only episode, and he was talking about like uh, he was like, "Kev, you made a career pivoting. You've always figured out how to how to get it, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So why wouldn't you continue to do that?" And I was like, "Man, you know what? You're right. Because we, the playmakers, we was wearing the wigs for a while." And man, when I tell you, I used to be in the comments going crazy fighting with these people and they was calling me everything. And I was just like, all right, y'all will never, y'all will never be able to have this over me. I will we'll stop right now. We'll never do it again. Uh, I think this was when 2013, I think the black church girls only had like a six month, maybe nine month career. And I was like, bro, I'm good. Y'all, y'all will never be able to, to, to have this over me. And, and I don't really fault other people for doing it at all. And I don't really, I still laugh when, when Medea did it. I, it's the crazy thing that bro, we watched Tyler Perry last night, and I'm not gonna lie to you. His last one, there's a death, uh, somehow to survive a funeral, bro. I got all hey man, me and my wife shut up and la- died laughing at Tyler Perry. Man, TP a, a fool, <laughs> he a fool, man. He a fool. I it was one of the ones where he had this like voice box, hey yeah. man, hey bro, no, hey, he was killing because I saw Tyler Perry live like way before he popped. It was like yeah. just when his plays was popping, and I was like, "Yo, dude, a monster!" Me and Melissa saw him at in in uh, in Seattle, and them tickets was a lot for us. And he, the play was two hours. He came out after that, made people laugh. He sang some songs. I was like, "Oh, this dude is funny as Medea." But Martin Lawrence, when he did uh, "Mama Pain" and stuff, bro, I was dying. Jamie Fox as uh, Wanda, Eddie Murphy, like I, all that stuff was was funny to me i don't feel like i i had any problem with that i feel like 
now it's become more of a thing. Like I know Brandon T. Jackson was talking about he wished he never had done it. And I don't know. I feel like one, one thing that I feel like is interesting is the Internet allows people to watch you have your whole Yo. life. Oh, it's all good. You know, we're being home, man. And being home, it's different than being on stage. And being home so much during a crisis like this can be a breeding ground for anxiety. Without the stability of a normal daily routine, the mind can fill with the worst case scenarios. <laughs> well, that's where talk space comes into play. Listen, I love talk space personally. It's an amazing way to talk to therapists from the comfort of your home. I feel like right now I can't go to my therapist. So <laughs> therapist. Uh, Talkspace brings my therapist to me. It helps me through these trying times, help calm my anxiety, my restless thinking, my mind running a million miles a minute. It's perfect. For Mental Health Awareness Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is more committed than ever to expanding access to support for anyone who's struggling. With Talkspace, you can get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home and can reach out from your device whenever something's on your mind. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform all on your schedule. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialities or specialties, <laughs> including anxiety, depression, relationship issues. Once you're matched, you can begin therapy the very same day. Now, listen this. The bottom uh -huh. line, you deserve support and don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system. They're there to help you feel healthier and more empowered, even in these uncertain circumstances. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code RIGHTEOUS to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's RIGHTEOUSANDTALKSPACE.COM. Boom. Um, where were we, Billy? Um... We were just basically I'm wearing, the, uh, wearing the dress and you don't do it no more. Yeah. And you said you weren't doing it. You, what you went through with the playmakers. I was, oh man, I was not trying to slug Ant. Somebody, when I was, was roasting during your birthday, I was lit having a good time. That was funny. I was talking oh, about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, you are father of four. Four girls, right? What are their ages? Nine, eight, five, and soon to be four. It's three. What you what, what you doing? You getting more nachos? All right, Billy. So how are you coping with this 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 halftime? I love that you said that. How are you coping with that? Halftime has been. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was well needed. It was much needed. I I love. I really needed this time just to be home with my kids and my family and my wife. And just for us to have a moment to just breathe and just be in our, each other's presence and just not, you know, it really put things in priority for me that everything outside of this house and what it takes to keep this house functioning and operational is secondary and on a higher priority. It definitely was just a readjustment. It was a, just a great readjustment. You know, just how I looked at things, how I perceived things, how I valued things, even with how I was putting my energy in and stuff. It was a very good time to just, you know what? This is what's most important right now. That's the thing I was I was I was talking to Doe about. And it's like I couldn't have ever purposely sat down for this long. Even if I wasn't working, I would have been trying to vacation. I would have had some meetings. I would have been shooting like 
I never sit in the house this long. And even if I did, my kids got their own thing. They got school and they want to go to the trampoline place. Bro, every I go in my kids' room and mess with them no less than 10 times a day. I would just be busting up in the room. What's up? What y'all in here doing? Farting? They'd be like, bro, what is you doing? Like, I, I don't get to do this that often. We was in here last night watching um Bloodshot, this, this, this terrible Vin Diesel movie. And I was like, man, this is it. Man, this is the life. And sometimes in our relentless pursuit of our our dreams, we forget the things that are important. And this you was forget what was what was what was fun for you. Like, I wish dad was sitting here and watched the movie with us. Uh dad yeah. falling asleep. You don't be mad, you just be like, All right. Oh, uh, my wife is the queen of fall asleep at movie night. She be hey, let's movie night, guy. Let's movie night it up. What y'all want to through she her ratio? She probably finished two of 27 movies that we watched. She be out of there, and the kids don't even trip. They just be like, "Man, it's cool." She be in here. We be watching stuff. And Melissa be mind you, this be seven o three. She be like, "All right, man, I ain't gonna hold y'all. I'm gonna take me a little nap." Then we'll wake up from the nap at movie night, go into the bed, and then just go to bed. Like, how you take a nap from seven to nine and go to bed at nine thirty? That ain't that don't feel weird to you, <laughs> man. That shutdown be real. It's just like it's quiet. Let me go in here. Be quiet. Let me go in here. I'm, I'm... She came in my office last night. She was like, "You need a little, you know, basket in here that for a blanket." And I was like, "I don't be using blankets." She like, "You need a basket to hold blankets." I'm like, "So you you want you want access to the blanket? Let me show you my office real quick, Billy, because I didn't even want all this. All I wanted was this. All I wanted was the couch. Right? This is it. I just yeah. wanted the couch and the art." This is what I got. And I'm not mad. I'm just saying this is not everything. I, I, I got the plant. The plant came with it. She she decorated this. She got me this whole thing. She got me a tray for the for the remote control. She got me bookshelves, another plant. And then I really had to shut up about it. I was like, actually, this looks amazing. Let me, let me, let me shut up because this actually is a great. Yo. Hey, you get them involved in the process. Now they working. At least, bro, at least hey, move your stuff over there out the way. <laughs> and oh, the you got more stuff again, huh? More equipment. <laughs> she got these little tables on the side. She ain't even set up her office yet. She was like, let me just get yours in here so I can have an office that I don't have to go downstairs. And I got her lights and all this stuff. She like, I'm going to just go. I'm going to be shooting up in here. It's cool. I'm going <laughs> to look at her in the car. <laughs> In the comments, talk about. I ain't sorry neither. Let me talk. Let me close out with this, Billy. You're one of the few comedians who's married, and you are happy about it. You always shout out your wife. You always talk about your wife. I tell people that my wife and my kids is the best part of this business. It, it keeps me humble and grounded. What are your thoughts on being married in this game when it's not common to to be married and and happy and in LA? I, all I say is to everybody that's not married, that don't got nobody, how you feel right now? <laughs> hmm? How that? How that doing me feel right now? You didn't doing you so long, huh? You'll take anybody right now. They tear you out the frame, be at home by yourself, lonely, just at home, lonely, alone. Is <laughs> anyone here? Nobody. You die. Who gonna find you? Nobody, because you're alone. Play with me. I can turn this to funny when I want to. <laughs> you. 
You alone <laughs> right now. You're looking at the screen. Reach your hand towards the screen. Oh, amen. We just want to pray right now on this Righteous and Ratchet show. Amen. We want to pray to some people who've been sick and shut in. Amen. We want to pray about these kids eating up all the food in the refrigerator, God. They, they don't have to eat all of it, God. Just some of it. They don't have to use everything. We want to pray about toilet paper. Amen. You don't need to wrap it around your hand twice. Long as you and sometimes if you run low on toilet paper, you can realize the shower is right there. You can just walk right into the shower. You don't need that. Let that water clean you. Let that be the river Jordan that cleans your iniquities out your body. Amen. We want to pray for those people who are doing uh, homework right now. Amen. You are doing yourself right now. Amen. But these kids are coming home. I call it A squared plus B squared is what? I don't know. Amen. Uh, how many apples were there? Amen. How many oranges were there? Amen. A said, you want me to know what, what is C? I don't know what C is. A be another bad creation. Amen. <laughs> ah! They light you up in the comments right now. <laughs> Ain't nobody need to be attacked like this. <laughs> Maybe we'll inch I'm rebuking this prayer. <laughs> amen. Amen. Please, we want to pray for, pray for, pray for just uh, Uber Eats. Amen. Let them not dig in my blessing. Let them not put their fingers in my blessing. Let them not penetrate my box. Amen. Oh my gosh, yo. Anything, anything, anything. Oh my gosh, man. You can't put a you can't put a mask over Jesus, amen. You can't quarantine from his blessings, amen. There's somebody who needs to hear this right now. You're trying to quarantine for the Lord. You get a quarantine for the Lord, amen. <laughs> they said put them out. Nah, man. <laughs> Yo, I'm just so glad. There's a lot of people who weren't familiar with you, with, with, with you, Billy. Um, y'all gotta check Billy out at um Did You Miss Me podcast. Very funny with other comedians. Give him the give him give him the rundown, Billy, because there's some fans in here who do know about it, but I'd rather have you explain it and tell them which episode they should watch if they're not familiar with the show. Okay, real quick, man. You've probably seen me. If you haven't, you've seen me on BT's Comic View. I've done Walling Out from season seven, season eight, season 14, 15. Check me out all through there. Um, you see me on heard me if you listen to me on the foxhole. You can hear me every morning, Monday through Friday. If you live in one of the places under 54 markets that we in for the morning hustle show. Shout out to all my people in Cleveland, Cincinnati, Ohio, Chicago, Dallas, Texas. Man, shout out to people in Washington, DC, Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland, man. Shout out to everybody that listens to the show. Again, the Morning Hustle show is Monday through Friday. But if you want to hear my podcast, it's the Did You Miss Me podcast. Check out episode 45, the Black Dads episode. If you have any inkling of a relationship with your father or wish you had one, that episode will not leave you uh, unfilled. It's the Black Dads episode, followed by episode 46, which is Grapes of Wrath. Always a great place. Check out um, Billy's the, the Greatest Lie Billy Ever Told. I am a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Shout out to all the noobs out there. A graduate of Texas Southern University. Uh, man, and bro, I'm just thankful, Kev, to have this opportunity, man. Oh, this is great, bro. I got to get you on uh, on our other stuff, Unpopular Opinion. And I got to get you and your wife on uh, uh, game night, couples game night. People, we, we did that and people was loving it. So this is just yeah, to get over there. Yeah, we, we've been doing it on Zoom, but when the world opened up. And I didn't cuss. You didn't cuss, Billy. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you, bro. So y'all follow Billy. Thank you for having us. Uh, I mean, thanks for popping in, Billy. And I'm beyond Billy's podcast. Or I'm shooting it next week. So I'll be on the next uh, two or three weeks. So y'all make sure to check that out.
Appreciate y'all for coming, man. Y'all have a great day. Uh, Patreon people, I'm going to take a break from now for about an hour. I'll send a new link out. We're going to do the Love Hour with Spice Adams and Andy Minio. The rest of y'all will see you next week. All right, Billy, appreciate you, bro.